Welcome to Financial Coffee, brought to you by Resource One Credit Union, ignited by the credit union movement and inspired by not wanting to be broke. So come have a sip as we try to come up with just the right blend of financial tidbits to help you achieve your money goals. And today we have a very special guest with us. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Rochelle with Resource One in the IT department. And the how, how long have you been with us? Five years and some change. Right. Some change, some change, because I don't round up or down. All right. <laughs> Rochelle, what are you sipping on? I am actually sipping on hibiscus tea. Oh, yes. Do, do you drink coffee? I do. I had double shot of espresso this morning. Oh, oh my, my gosh. No wonder you look a little hyper to me, actually. She said, you look. <laughs> I, I literally, I went. I have to give the people a visual. What are you sipping on, Erica? I'm sorry. I finished my coffee already, so I just have my water. Boring. We say that about water. Uh-huh. Well, I'm trying this new almond milk Starbucks Frappuccino. It's disgusting. I Is this supposed to be like a fancy thing? Or I a guess so. Thing? I guess healthy and to try something different with the tasting a little bit, but no, the color is off. It doesn't even look good. <laughs> <so much. laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Not at all. Anyway, what are we talking about today? I think we are talking about Rachel. Yeah, we're talking about Rochelle today because she just looks fabulous. <laughs> you do look fabulous. Thank I just you. wanted to tell you that. I really appreciate it because I feel as if I don't look fabulous. Oh. I, I did a 10-day stint in D.C. Um, for credit union advocacy, and it was a sprint, not a marathon. <laughs> and I am exhausted, but it was a wonderful cause. It was a wonderful cause. And if y'all let me, I would love to talk about it. Let's Before we it. go into it, um, just... Before we go into your whole discussion, because I know we're going to learn a lot from you today. What do you do? Like, what's your job? So with Resource One, I work in information technology. <laughs> what is that? IT, you know, oh. the turn it off and turn it back on people. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So um, and I know when you guys originally approached me, you asked if I could speak about tech. And I know technology in this growing world is very important, but I felt um the topic of crediting advocacy was a little bit more important. There is no shortage of tech podcasts out there, but but there is a shortage of credit union advocacy news. And I'm literally going to lay it out on the table. Go for it. We're ready. I want to hear all about it. I I want to learn something today. Okay. So um, I'm just going to give a little backstory. When I was selected as part of Filings Crasher to crash the GAC, which is the Credit Union National uh, Association Government Affairs Conference, it is a huge thing. It is a big thing. I didn't realize how vast it was until I got there. And I mean, literally, until I got there into the exhibit hall when there was 5,000 people wow. standing there talking about credit union advocacy. Wow. Like, I literally was like, uh, this conference is standing between me and D.C. I'm just going to show up, do what I need to. And that thought quickly vanished. Wow. Uh, to see so many people that are fighting for the same cause and they really mean it and believe it, it literally took my breath away. And so just to clarify, they're fighting for a cause as far as um, laws or what exactly are they fighting for at 
in D.C. Yes. when it comes to gotcha. credit unions. So the credit union has a whole advocacy piece that I didn't even know about. And when they advocate on behalf of credit unions in their local um, government, as well as on a national level. So you have people who are actually stationed in D.C. who lobby on behalf of credit unions to make sure that we keep things that we hold dear to our heart, like <laughs> our not-for-profit status right. and things like that. So there are people literally fighting for you as a member and fighting for credit union organizations as a full-time job. It is amazing. Banks don't banks don't want us to be this. Oh, and banks, so. oh God, they hate us. They hate us. Um, <laughs> it was so funny because I was learning things about credit unions there that I didn't know existed. And wow. I found out they were lies. It were bank lobbyists on Capitol Hill lying or maybe maybe lying is too strong of a word. <laughs> they were twisting the truth about credit unions in order to make us look less favorable oh um, to politicians. It was funny. It was really funny. Um, the biggest um, mistruth, I'm going to use that instead of lie, um, the biggest <laughs> mistruth um, that banks were using is that there's a trend of credit union buying banks. Negative. Yes. I mean, it's it has some truth to it. Right. Yeah, but... But yeah, how much of the truth is that the truth? There we go. No. So there we go. Because the thing is, the reason advocacy is so important is because when people hear this, they like, oh, my God, there's people buying financial institutions and now they're not a profit. They're not paying taxes. You know, mm -hmm. they're finding a way to weasel into the system. But it's true to a certain extent. There has been a trend, well, not a trend, there has been cases where credit unions have purchased small banks that right. may have fell under that tax exempt status anyway, just due to asset, asset size. Mm -hmm. And that's because to um, not turn a place into a financial desert, not turn a place into a financial desert. So you see um, trends where banks will pull out of a region because they're not profitable for them. So if you have a small rural area, and these people have a financial institution that up and leave, they no longer have that financial resource there. Right, right. And there have been cases where the FDIC has came to the NCUA, which is the Credit Union um, Board of Regulation, and mm -hmm. said, do you know of a credit union that can take on these assets so we don't leave a financial desert? Right. Wow. Yes, these people need to access their money. They need to access to their money. And but you have bank lobbyists on Capitol Hill saying credit unions are buying banks and they're tax exempt and there's less money in the economy. And the truth of the matter is banks are pulling out of places that they can't turn a profit uh -huh. and they're leaving people with a financial well, What do you expect then? Like yeah. why not? I why think not? that's the perfect bonding right there. <laughs> Thank like you. that's a perfect opportunity. Wow. A perfect opportunity to keep to help people. People helping people with our mission. Staying true talking mission. about that. Yeah. People helping people. Yes, yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah, so it really was amazing. Um another advocacy that um credit unions are trying to do is when it comes to data breaches. So that's mm. right up the technology stand um right up our alley when it comes to data breaches. Right. Has anybody ever got their debit card compromised? Unfortunately, yes. yes. I definitely just at a local restaurant that a lot of people visit. You just went, use my debit card, two dollars, and there you have it. I'm on the list, and I had to get a new debit card. Yeah, that's fun. Just going through the whole hassle, yes. changing everything. Yeah. And so, when your debit card was compromised, who replenished those funds for you? We, I mean, well, not we, but. Your, your financial institution yeah. did. Right. Did the institution that you used your card at replenish those funds? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you get where I'm going with this. You get where I'm going with this. So as a financial institution, and this is where banks and credit unions line up. We are both in agreement with this. Um, 
we have certain requirements and restrictions that we have to have to protect our member data. We, we cannot just leave your uh, member information just sitting somewhere unprotected. Right. But those merchants, when you use your card, don't have that same level oh. of security or that same requirement for security that your financial, that your financial institution yes. has. There are some merchants that will take it on themselves without being regulated to do so, but other places do not. And your financial institution is the one who replenished those funds. And that's less money coming out of our memberships piles. Wow. And so we're advocating that we have regulation on these merchants. So one where we can actually name the merchant who actually had the breach and also be able to what do you mean name the merchant, name the merchant. So that's another thing that um, currently, if your financial institution um, reach out to you and say you have been breached, your card has been compromised by law, we are not by law. We cannot say who did it unless they publicly come out and say they were the cause of the breach. So it literally makes it hard for our membership to trust us with their information. Right. They think my credit union is always having these breaches. They're unreputable. I'm going to go somewhere else. And even if you go somewhere else as your financial institution, you're going to run into the same thing. You're going to run into the same thing. So it's not your credit union or your financial institution that is the, the problem more than likely. It's, it's the, the merchant. merchant. Yeah. And it looks negatively on us. So that is a really huge problem that we need to combat and fight. So in the beginning, I said you have banks lobbying against credit unions. Well, right. now you have merchants lobbying against the whole entire yeah. financial it's just yeah, that, makes, that makes yeah. sense. Like, why not? Yeah. And you would think you would want to protect your um, your consumer or your members information because it just makes, you know, profits better. If I know if I go to a local establishment and I'm going to be protected the whole entire transaction, I'm more likely to you know buy from that merchant. I know oftentimes, especially with online sales, there are places I will not shop online because I'm like, hold on, <laughs> I, I just don't know. And I'm sure other people feel that way. Um, but think about it. If you could utilize you know, a service, there are services out there that you can put in your credit card information or your debit card information, and you know it's going to be protected. You right. know, and you'll put it in there and then you'll buy something from a unreputable site. But think about if we just had that line of protection all the way through. It'll be what? A perfect world? Oh, perfect. We don't live in that. <laughs> so that's why advocacy is so important because it's not perfect. You know, right. it costs money for these merchants to go get the infrastructure to protect your data. And for small businesses, they that's may right. not have it. You know, so I understand the pros and the cons, but from a consumer standpoint and from a member standpoint, we want to protect, you know, um, those funds that are out there. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of information and I'm actually enjoying this. Like it's, you're throwing everything at us and I'm just observing you the way you're talking. It's like, you're so passionate, you're passionate. about it. Like, I love that. Somebody uh, has to be. But honestly, um, two and a half weeks ago, I was not this passionate about credit union advocacy. I really was not. Um, I used to tell everybody I work IT at a credit union. That's it. So two weeks ago, you would say that to someone. What about today? I work at a credit union. I just happen to do IT. <laughs> um, and and that's, that's, that's a true statement. Because when I went to D.C. and I saw people who were passionate, like the people at Resource One Art, and it wasn't just like, oh, this is a coincidence. It was across the board. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say everybody there was like, hey, hey, credit unions. Some people were there for the free food and drinks. But <laughs> mm, the vast majority 
truly believed what we were there for. Um, to see 5,000 people That's marching on Capitol Hill. It was crazy. It was crazy. We were in the Senate halls knocking on doors. Like I was able to meet with Ted Cruz. Like what? I was able no to meet way. with Ted Cruz. And in our in our interactions, we were just talking about what we want for credit unions. And it was amazing. Um it, it absolutely How, was what amazing. was his reaction? Honestly, I was taken aback because I thought, you know, politicians are politicians. They're going to just sit there, you know, shake hands and kiss babies. <laughs> but when we started talking about some of the regulations that credit unions want, um, for instance, with the financial crisis that happened in 2008. Right. Credit unions did not cause the financial crisis of 2008, but there was regulation put on financial institutions across the board. Right. To help, you know help that not happen again. And credit unions were hit hard with that. For instance, um, hopefully Veronica can speak on this with CTRs. How do CTRs work in our uh, financial institution? So a currency transaction report, mm -hmm. anytime someone does a cash transaction mm -hmm. um, that's over $10,000, so $10,000 in a penny, then we have to record that. So we have to make sure we get the information for who that person is, what account it dealt with, um, how much it was, and their occupation. Mm -hmm. So we have to list a bunch of information because we want to help. It helps to fight money laundering, basically, right. is what it is. Absolutely. Well, that $10,000 mark has not been adjusted for inflation in years. Yeah. And I'm not talking five years, 10 years. We're talking upwards to 50 years. Hmm. So we haven't accounted for inflation for that because realistically, if we look at inflation, that ten thousand should now be sixty thousand that triggers really? the CTR. Because typically, people are laundering money is not doing ten thousand dollar transactions. So when we're sitting there and we're talking to our senators and we're talking to Ted Cruz, we're mentioning that, and we're also saying that there's a regulation in Dodd Frank that say you can exclude certain institutions that are under like the fifty billion dollar threshold. We're not $50 billion in assets, so we can do away with that CTR requirement altogether. What? Hmm. And so when we're talking and these senators and these congressmen are listening, like, I like that idea. I like that idea. And it was beautiful to see how um, legislation can be written because I was in um, with one congressman and he looks over and he says, if you can get so-and-so to back that and write the bill, I will support it. So you're watching legislation work in real time and not cool. saying that this bill is going to become law, but they're actually listening to us, taking what we say, what is important to us and drafting bill that could become law at some point. So my mind. Was so would wrong. you say that it's a Republican thing, a Democrat thing? Like, what is it as far as the credit union movement and the credit union advocacy is what would you say is like, is there a balance there or is there, is it really politicized? Understood. Because that's one of the fears I had going into meeting with some of my congressmen because my political um, affiliation, I hold strong and dear to my heart. And I didn't want to go in there and have someone with opposing viewpoints. And I'm like, okay, now we're about to duke it out. Um, <laughs> but what, what we learned statistically, it shows it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, mm -hmm. they have favorable views of credit unions. The only place where you see adverse views for credit unions are people who are politically disengaged. So it doesn't matter if you're red or blue or if you're purple, you're somewhere in the middle. Um, it's only those who know absolutely nothing about politics who have a distaste towards credit unions. And that is beautiful. So we can reach across the aisle and have bipartisanship when it comes to credit unions. It's and that's amazing. amazing. It's a, it, it is amazing. absolutely amazing. In this day and age, I think that's a really good 
perk. Yeah, it is a perk to have because you have people who feel favorable about something that helps our membership base. So if we can get our membership base politically engaged. I'm not saying, you know, run out and run for office or, you know, put placards in your um, street. But if you can engage those around you who are politically engaged and they say, speak favorably to credit unions. Now we're seeing legislation out there that will help the credit union, that will help our membership base without having that fight on Capitol Hill because I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican. That's so cool. you see that often when in the banking world because banks are for profit. You know, right. we are not for profit. We're right. for helping people. So it's, it's people beautiful. Helping people. People are feeding that. Because it's true. I really thought this whole people helping people thing was like, okay, this is a tagline, a cliche yeah. or something. Yeah, again, I work IT. It just so happened to be a credit union. That was my mindset. Mm-hmm. And I go and I see people really helping people, people actually saying this. I'm sure someone has people helping people tattooed on their ankle somewhere because <laughs> they really, you know, we really believe it. We're really here to help people. Yeah. That's a really, really good topic. I'm really glad you came and you shared all your knowledge with us because it's, it's an eye opening. It's, you know, for someone like you shared your story, mm-hmm. your mentality was something completely different. And okay. now it's like, it's just yeah. turned you around. So thank you for sharing that we with us. We appreciate you being here, Rochelle. Yeah, and hopefully you'll come back to see us. Got you. Can I please do this one thing? Do it. This is Rochelle and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> that was greatness. <laughs> so if you ever have any questions or comments about anything that we've talked about, Just like a credit union, we're here to serve you. So let us know what you want to hear. Email us at financialcoffee at r1cu.org. That's the letter R, the number one, the letter C, the letter U.org.